0: You're listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number 46. Today, I'm diving deep into a topic that often goes unnoticed, but has really far-reaching consequences. That is financial abuse. Financial abuse is a silent predator that can inflict lasting damage on individuals and families, leaving them trapped in a cycle of dependence and vulnerability. It occurs when one person manipulates or controls another person's access to financial resources and exploiting their trust and autonomy. So whether it's a partner, a family member, a caregiver, or even a professional, the impact can be devastating, affecting not only your financial stability, but also your emotional and physical well-being. In this episode today, I'll shed light on the various forms of financial abuse and the ripple effects, and I'll explore how it can manifest in different relationships and circumstances. And the importance of recognizing warning signs and breaking free from its grasp. But we won't stop there because I believe not only in the power of knowledge and resilience, but most importantly, the subconscious mind and how it plays such a significant role in recovery of financial abuse. And that's why I'm here to guide you through the steps of overcoming it. I'll discuss some practical strategies that I've used to regain control Your emotions when it comes to money and finances, and to rebuild your confidence and forge a path toward your own emotional freedom. So, remember, you're not alone by shedding light on this often hidden issue. We can break the cycle and empower ourselves and others to create a brighter, more prosperous future. So, let's get started on this transformative path of overcoming financial abuse. And remember, Your financial well-being matters, your emotional well-being matters, and you have the power to transform them both. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny, so let's get started. So if this is the first time that you're hearing this podcast, I want to introduce myself and let you know that I experienced financial abuse myself. My name is and Dagny, and I married at a very young age when I was just 21, and I lost my financial freedom within about five years of being in that relationship with my abuser. I was coerced into becoming a stay-at-home mom and quitting the career that I had built as soon as I had graduated college. I was working in a very successful human resources position in a Fortune 500 company and I made my own money. I was financially independent and could fully support myself, but it didn't last long. I ended up getting pregnant and I quit my job by the heavy pressure of my then husband and his very controlling family now i want to be very clear here i did want to be home with my daughter when she was born i did want to stay home and raise her but there were parts of me that really did long to continue my career maybe even on a part-time basis and maintain my own financial independence so even though i was highly pressured into becoming a stay-at-home mom I also made the choice myself, and I don't regret it one bit. However, when this happened is when I realized that I completely lost any sense of financial freedom I once had. So I learned this very quickly as the dynamics in our relationship changed dramatically. He made the money, and I didn't, so he had the power and not me. I was no longer making money, I was no longer contributing financially, and I was completely at the mercy of my then husband. So during the course of our marriage, the financial abuse got worse and worse. And I do talk a lot about this in my book, When Tears Leave Scars. So if you'd like to read more about it, you can get a copy on Amazon. But essentially I experienced the guilt trips about spending money. My ex not allowing me to spend on certain things and him scrutinizing receipts, constantly watching what I was purchasing and even threats to take away my account access or credit cards in replacement for like an allowance if i needed to purchase things that were needs for our family or for myself if i didn't follow his rules basically so there was a lot of hypocrisy when it came to what could be purchased where he would freely spend what he felt was necessary for him those same rules did not apply to me and i had to sacrifice what i wanted or what i needed so financial abuse takes many forms you could be financially abused how I was where you really don't have access to money, you do not make the money, and you are controlled with how you spend it. Or it could be something where maybe you do have the money and the other person guilts you into giving them money or into paying their bills or bailing them out or to do things for them using your financial resources. So I want to be very clear here that financial abuse can look a lot of different ways, but ultimately it's about one person exerting control of money using abusive tactics like guilt, manipulation, coercion, threats, and things like that. Money isn't um, the thing that abuses you. It's the abuser that uses the money, which is a tool. So money can be used for lots of things. It can be used to hurt people or it can be used for good. So um, it's important to to recognize that money isn't the bad thing here. It's the um, person who's using it as a source of control. So when this happens, The victims of financial abuse feel things like fear and anxiety, and money is something no one can really live without, so there's a constant nagging reminder of that fear and that anxiety just about every day. So there are bills to be paid and groceries to be purchased, and money cannot be ignored because we can't get away from it. So when financial abuse is present in a relationship, so are the constant negative emotions about it. And resulting from those emotions will be your behaviors. If you're experiencing fear about spending money or about saving it or bill paying or whatever, that will impact your behaviors. You might avoid looking at your finances. You could be an emotional spender. You might refuse to spend or refuse to save. There are so many residual effects coming from your emotions in the form of behaviors, many of which you wouldn't choose if it were for, weren't for the financial abuse. So that's why it's important to recognize the impact of your subconscious mind so you can change how you feel and change how you behave around that. So, I remember having this overhanging cloud that just followed me everywhere I went after I escaped my abuser. And that cloud was all about money. Even though I was no longer required to follow the rules of my ex husband, I was still scared out of my mind when it came to money, to spending it, to saving it, to paying bills. Really, everything about money totally freaked me out. It wasn't like a surprise that snuck up on me. I was constantly reminded about my fear around money because money or aspects of money was all around me and as i said before bills income groceries items for the kids and myself so this just wouldn't go away right he had created an environment of fear of spending money for me so that is what lingered after i escaped until i reprogrammed my mind in a different way so that that fear was no longer present So, some things I personally experienced were a reluctance to purchase items that were above his standards, not mine. I really didn't even know what my standards were. So, realizing what my standards were was actually a part of the process that happened once I was no longer under his control. Another thing I experienced was me personally making excuses because when you look hard enough, you'll find all the excuses in the world if it helps you avoid feeling uncomfortable. And I did this because it felt safer. I don't need it. I can go without that. They need it more than me. These are all just thought habits that were going through my mind. Thought habits that were deeply ingrained in my subconscious mind that were intended for my abuser's control over me and how I interacted with money so that it would suit his needs. I believed that my spending was not as important as his. For me, I put my needs and wants pretty much last over everyone else's. Some people might think it's irresponsible to put your needs before others or to do things for yourself. And so long as your needs and wants aren't negatively impacting you or other people in like in a bad way, right? If your wants and needs aren't going to be putting you in bankruptcy or major debt then it might be time to reevaluate that is that really the way you want to operate so for the sake of this conversation i think it's fair to assume that if you're listening you're probably more like me and that the financial abuse impacted you in a way that you aren't negatively impacting others with money but probably only negatively impacting yourself but again if your needs and wants around money are hurting you or others it's probably a good idea to involve a professional, an accountant, or somebody who's good with budgets, maybe like a debt consolidator or somebody to help repair your credit. Some of the things that women I work with who have experienced financial abuse, think things like I'll be living under a bridge or I'll run out of money or I'm not worthy of this item or this service or to spend money. You have to remember an abuser conditions you so you'll stop asking, so you will behave how they want you to and they often want you to believe that you are destitute or you will ruin everything because you are incompetent and know nothing about money or finances. One thing I know for sure is that when you're being financially abused like this, when you aren't allowed to know the bank account balances or be involved in the finances, you also don't know what's appropriate or what you can afford. So, There's a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty after you've escaped emotional abuse and if financial abuse has been a part of that for you. So I have three steps, three simple steps that you can take today to help you move yourself from that feeling of fear, worry, and anxiety when it comes to money so that you can help yourself recover from this. So the first thing is to take action, take little baby steps toward the fear right so buy the name brand instead of the store brand based on what you can afford of course i was stunned when one day my boyfriend suggested that i try the mccormick taco seasoning instead of the off brand it was about 60 cents more expensive so i was initially hesitant because of the financial abuse and conditioning from my ex but it was so much better i liked it and now i can enjoy taco tuesday way more for 60 cents and putting some action behind it. See how this is just a tiny baby step, nothing major. You're not going on a shopping spree or holding your money hostage either. You're taking one step in the direction of your fear to see if that gives you some clarity and it almost always does. So just be realistic about this. If you need to get a financial planner or a friend who knows about budgeting to see, you know, what it is that you actually can afford if you truly don't know, or if you're struggling, then do that okay so step number two is question it start to question why do i do this why do i buy this why do i buy that do i like this do i prefer to save do i want to spend my money getting really clear on what you want is a great start so my ex told me pretty much every brand is the same so get the cheaper stuff always i realize now that his filter was that money is scarce and you must save and it's wasteful to spend if it's not a need et cetera, et cetera right but I was living according to his filter and his beliefs when these were not my own. So that's why in this step, you should get really clear on what you want to help you rewire the financial abuse fears and anxieties about money. I believed that my ex, what he said was true until I experienced something different on my own and made my own determinations and my own decisions. Okay, so the third step here is to inspect your beliefs about money. Are you naturally this way? Meaning, have you been like this your whole life because of the way you grew up, the way your parents taught you, or maybe your programming about money maybe took the opposite turn because of how other people around you acted towards money and what they believed about it? Are you conservative with your money or do you spend everything as soon as you get it? Do you donate or gift the majority of what you have to other people or buy gifts for everyone but yourself? Regardless, if you want to do it, it's totally okay. There's no judgment. And there's not a wrong or right way. Each person is unique and different. Just be sure to know if they are your beliefs, if they're coming from you, or if they came from someone else. Here are some common ones um, of money beliefs that you might have heard before. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is hard to come by. Spending is selfish. You might even have things like money is the root of all evil, I'm not good with money and finances, I'm bad with numbers, right? So these are just different things that people believe when it comes to money based on the programming that they have been taught from their parents or their caregivers or people in their lives. So inspecting your beliefs is really critical because it impacts how you behave with your money what you believe will be the driving force in your emotions and your behaviors and when it comes to financial abuse and recovering from the conditioning around that it's so helpful to understand what your true beliefs are when it comes to money and finances a lot of people even those of us who have been financially abused struggle to make changes because of what they make it mean if they do if i buy this want versus this need then that means i'm selfish So let me give you an example of how this even recently popped up for me. I had gotten a gift for my birthday and I wanted to return it. I had the receipt from my stepmom, so I took it back and they gave me an in-store credit to use. My immediate thought was to go to the boys section and get my son a bunch of clothes. Then I stopped myself and said, wait, this is my birthday gift and it's not selfish of me to use this money for me. Now, I will say it was pretty simple for me to shift this in the moment because I've worked on money stories and financial abuse issues for a while already. So I shook that thought off my mind and marched straight over to the women's department and bought myself some new clothes. So if you're just starting, it might not be this simple and you might buy yourself some things and still leave the store with gifts for other people. And I'm not saying you shouldn't buy other people things, not at all. But I knew in that moment for me, financial abuse money stories were rearing its ugly head and for me i'm all about taking control of my mind and my thoughts so that i can be the best version of me that i can i fought that urge because of the subconscious beliefs that were saying if you buy this that means you're selfish and you should think of others before yourself because here's the thing i know logically those things aren't true And I have reprogrammed the majority of my limiting beliefs about money, but as I just described here, it tried to creep in again. Luckily for me, it was no longer an automatic, but just a quick blip in my mind that I could ignore, leaving me feeling stress and guilt free. Wouldn't you love that? So you might be wondering like, well, how does this happen? How do I get these um, limiting beliefs programmed into me? And it's because of The times that the person who financially abused you said things, um, did things, had behaviors like, for instance, constantly checking your receipts or constantly checking... The bank statements to see what you've spent it instills a lack of trust and for you um, that makes you believe maybe that you aren't trustworthy or that you can't handle it and the distinguishing factor here for a lot of people is that when a abuser is trying to control you oftentimes what they will do is um, make this a very unbalanced situation so they will spend what they feel like is important for them but for you it's totally different and not okay and so that then results in a lot of feelings of low self-worth so why is it that this person is allowed to spend whatever they want but you are held to a totally different standard and when that happens insert all of the negative beliefs and things, even if they've never even said it, right? Even if they never even said these types of things to you, the behavior of how they are behaving, what they're saying, the actions that they're repeating over and over again, even if they haven't outright or directly said it to you. So as a recap here, take action, take baby steps, question what you're doing and why you're doing it. Is it something you want to do or something you're doing just out of habit? And then question the beliefs. Where have they come from? Are they always true or could there be other possibilities? So you see, all of this is about awareness. If we aren't aware, we are asleep. If we are asleep, we are like walking zombies in this world. No idea of what we're doing is intentional or just a program running the show. So let's get into the better habit of questioning things that go on in our heads and make changes that suit our lives for the best. And if you'd like help with this and to explore subconscious reprogramming for your own emotional abuse recovery, just schedule a free consultation with me from the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Talk to you next week. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out WhenTearsLeaveScars.com for more resources and information Help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in